5. Matthew 5. Thank you for praying for me. Thank you so much. I need it. And God is uh, just every day just doing something good. And I'm excited about it. So Matthew 5. Father, thank you again for your presence tonight. Thank you for, Lord, this church family, God, that you are. Lord, you're getting us ready for that day. God, we know it's coming soon, Lord, and I pray, Lord, that you would just talk to us tonight. Help me, Lord, I pray to to deliver what you put in my spirit tonight, God. Uh, Lord, I feel so inadequate tonight, Lord, I feel so incapable, but Lord, let your spirit just empower and anoint and enable God, and Lord, that we would have an ear to hear. I pray, Lord, that you talk to us, God, and Prepare us, God, and we thank you so much. God, you're so good. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Matthew 5, we want to just look at verse 8. Matthew 5, 8, one of the Beatitudes says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. God bless you. You can be seated. Blessed are the pure in heart. Jesus is coming at a time where the vast majority of the religious system was backslid. They were the Sadducees and the Pharisees had their ways and people were off track. And Jesus came to to make a difference, to set the captives free. Amen. And he started down this list of those that are blessed. And he said, blessed are the pure in heart. I'm just going to. Cut right to the chase and tell you that this has been working on me. I've been praying about this and and searching my own heart. What does this mean? What does it mean to you to be pure in heart? You know, that might be sound like a good question, but really the real question is, what does it mean to God? A lot of times we look in the Word of God and try to figure out what it means to us, but we really ought to be saying, God, what does this mean to you? I feel like the way it's written, it is in no way taking away from exactly what it says. That when he says the pure in heart will see God, tells me if you're not pure in heart, you won't see God. See, I'm telling you, I know this modern idea of what salvation is, that you can go ahead and And just live any way you want to and carry your addiction the whole way to heaven. Carry your depression. Carry your anxiety. Carry your grudge. Carry your hatred. Carry all your temptations and just say, ah, you know, I guess I'm just weak. I guess I'm just carnal. You've been deceived. I'm telling you the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us. You can be free. You can get to be born again. Chains get to be broken. How do we, what do we tell people in this world that God will set you free if church isn't free? We get in our ways and we kind of practice, like we said, imperfectly. So many people, they come to church nowadays and it's, it's culture shock to them. Because they're so far removed in their understanding of church. What it means to to come and worship God, to come and pray, to come and hear from God and be challenged by the Spirit of God. Amen. To really come in and be vulnerable. To not get angry, but say, God, I need you. If there's something in me that can be challenged, God, I want it dealt with before. It's too late. We quoted it earlier. Paul said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. He was ready to be offered. He said he knew there was a martyr's death ahead of him. It had been prophesied all over the world. All his missionary journeys, people come and say, God already told us. They would say, don't go to Rome. He'd say, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get, I'm ready to meet Jesus. That's the kind of victory he had. That's the kind of power he had with God. But if you haven't finished your course, if you haven't kept the faith, if you haven't fought a good fight, 
Oh, I'll tell you what we talked about the other day. Our hearts yeah. are deceitful. That's why we got to get in the presence of God. We got to get in the presence of God and say, search me. Look at me, God. I'm ready. I'm ready for your spirit to point at it and say, that's that, that pray about that. Get rid of that. Get rid of that. Get that out of there. That's not, that doesn't belong there. Heart that doesn't have a spot or a blemish. God help us. That takes, listen to me. That takes a certain kind of, of, of praying. That takes a certain kind of experience in God. You can't be distracted. You've got to get the devil under your feet and say, hey, I mean business. I've got to be saved. It takes a special kind of thing that makes me know why the Bible says few there be that find it. Because we can't justify ourselves. We can't try to hide. We've got to get in the presence of God and say, search me and get my heart pure. It'll make you figure out why. Why you're living for God. Why you're here today. Why you pray. Because you're going to be battled. There's going to be so many things. You can't serve two masters. You you can't have a divided affection. God's got to be everything. He said you got to hate everything else. That's what he meant. What he meant by that is he's got to be number one. And number two isn't even close. Nothing can can take that place. we got to search our hearts. This is what the Bible teaches. This isn't my version. This is God's version. You see people getting so distracted in this last day. But I'm going to tell you something. You'll you'll get get hit. And you'll get hit hard. And you'll get hit in ways that you'll say, I just didn't... I'll tell you, I've said it to you before. I've been, I've been hit in ways I said I didn't, I didn't expect that. I was naive. I didn't think the devil would, would, I guess I gave the devil too much credit. But he plays dirty. But it'll, the shaking is what is allowed by God. God says, I'll shake you and if it's not on the foundation, you better let go of it. I said this to you a few years back when all this started happening with COVID. And, and I said, people are being shaken. Yeah. Amen. Right. And people are being shaken. And it hasn't stopped. Yeah. When, I'm, when I feel that shaking in my life, I, I examine myself again. God, are you getting my attention? Amen. Not every pain, not every problem, not every sickness is, is God trying to get your attention. But I say, you know what, God? That's my first check. All right, yeah. Is there something because I want to make it? Yeah. God, is there something in me I'm missing? I want a, I want a pure heart. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes, sir. Look what it says in Hebrews 4. We're familiar with this. Let's look at it again. I, I, want, I want my love for God to be a pure love. I want my dedication to the kingdom of God to be pure. What does that mean? Hebrews 4, verse 11 says, let us labor, work hard at what? Therefore, to enter into that rest. (laughs) Make sure you're fully resting in Jesus. This chapter 4 quite a bit about the Sabbath and what it meant to them in the Old Testament. But he said, there remaineth a rest. That rest is in Jesus. And I got to make sure my life is fully resting in him, trusting in him completely. Lest any man fall. Did you know that you could fall? Not everybody knows that apparently, but we got to make sure we don't fall. After the same example of unbelief. For the word of God. Your Bible. When you read it. When we preach it. It's quick. It's alive. And it's powerful. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I realize not everybody's looking for that kind of preaching. That's just going to be the way it's going to be. I realize people come with expectations. I'd like to see everybody come and say, hey, I heard from God. Hey, that was what I needed. Hey, that was God spoke and God dealt with. Not everybody's looking for that. That's just going to be have to be the way it is. 
But if you want to make it to heaven and you don't want to be pat on the back and told everything's all right, peace and safety when there isn't any. It's the word of God is sharp, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. Listen, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. If you'll read your Bible the right way, if you'll listen to the word of God the right way, amen, if you'll pray with all your heart, put your heart in this, God will get down, down deep into who you are. Praise God. He will not only tell you what to do and how to do it, but he'll get down into why you're doing it. Your thoughts and the intentions of your heart. You know, I've seen folks already seem like they're behaving, but they're just a problem. Wait, looking for an opportunity. Right. Yeah. They, they, they got every intention of doing wrong. You say, what does that have to do with it? Word of God will get rid of that out of your heart. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. The word of God will get down into your motives. Yeah. There are a lot. You know, sometimes people come to church for the wrong reasons. I could go down a list of different things where I've seen people come for the wrong reasons and then God deals with them. But there needs to come a time where you get the right reason. And it better happen as soon as possible. Amen. My thoughts, my intentions. Neither is there any creature that is not manifested in his sight. But all things are naked and open under the eyes of him with whom we have to do. God is looking in your heart, but you've got to let him shine a light in it. You know, the sacrifice of the Old Testament, there's so much there that maybe is tough to read, but, but they would, they, there's descriptions of the different, the, the, it, it talks about washing and, and getting down into the kidneys and the liver and all these things. What is going on? Open it up, expose the inside of that thing. And now we are a living sacrifice. God's got to get down into our motives. Why do I, you know, not, not everybody's doing it right. is doing it right for the right reasons. You say, well, what do you do about that? I'll make sure I'm doing it for the right reasons. I've got to have a pure heart. There's a lot of wrong reasons. Some people come to church. Some people are in church because they want God to do things a certain way for them. Sometimes I've seen people, sometimes some of the best givers, thank God for, for, for people that just, just give. But I've seen people already come to church and, and their whole point of giving was, I believe God's going to give. It was their get rich quick scheme. And, and, and their motive was, I'm going to get. And sadly, there's a lot of preachers that'll tell you, give to get. Don't care about Helping and blessing, give to get so you can be rich. That's, that's totally not what the Bible ever taught. Right. Some people, you know, they they want friends, or sometimes it, you know, I, I I my own thought process here is more in my own prayers, and I think about so many preachers that I. I, I, I can I can hear it. I can see it in some of the methods they're using. That there's so much pride. There's so much desire to. Paul said, "I don't see a whole lot of people at all that have the same heart that I have. That they really see people and care about them. But most people care about their their own selves." Right. I've prayed a lot about just just the the soul winning and the the outreach that's going on and. And and I feel like God's dealt with me quite a bit that to just just hold firm and understand it's not about growth per se. It's about loving people and serving people and and discipling people. We can get all kind of and I've seen it so so many different kind of 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 motives of uh, of filling the house. It feels good to have more people in the house sometimes. Really, if you're looking at at the mentality of uh, of like a rock concert or a, or a ball game where everybody's feeling that that high emotion. Hey, revival is more than that. Revival is when people humble themselves and say, you know what? I need to make sure my soul is right. 
that that spirit of God, this word of God, the sword of the spirit would get down into our motives. Get down to why we do what we do. See, if I'm praying for the right reasons, then when I'm under pressure, I'm still going to be praying. Amen. Amen. If I'm if I'm living for God for the right reasons, then when the devil fights me, I'm still living for God. Amen. Amen. And you will get fought. Amen. Amen. You will get fought. It can be family. It can be uh, husband or wife. It can be just this devil himself. It can be sickness or financial trouble or all of the above. Sometimes can anybody say amen? You never know how the enemy is going to fight you. But if your why, if your motive is right and you're loving Jesus and you want to make heaven your home and that's all it is. This isn't an option just because it's easy. Just because it's convenient. This is why I live for God as long. Hey, I'm telling you, I see not just in the Bible, but in the world today. There are governments. You know, we talk about the government and how the direction of all these things. Hey, I'm going to tell you, there's people in different parts of the world. The, the, the laws and the restrictions that are put on getting to church or giving. And, and you know, we get uh, in America, as of now, there's tax breaks for giving. But, you know, other countries that under their kind of government, there's, they'll get taxed because they give to a church. You still going to bless God? When, when things get difficult, when things are inconvenient... It come to America. I, I preached this 25 years ago. And now we see things that were coming to pass and just in motion back then. Now we see way down the line. What, what the why? When I read the book of Acts and I say, it's easy to say, oh, I want that kind of power. And I want to see the people healed like that. I want to see uh, uh, that kind of, those kind of miracles. But would you live it? Like that, under threat of death. When they said, hey, we'll beat you if you preach in that name anymore. Say, well, I don't have to worry about that. Well, the battles that we fight nowadays sometimes are enough to push us off the off the center and get us kind of unstable. It's, it ought to be that way. It ought to be God. I, I, I can't. I would not be foolish enough to just say, hey, I know what I do. When, and that, but I tell you this right now. I want to take every day that I have and say, God, I know why I'm doing it. I know what I'm doing. I know why I'm doing it. I know why it's important to me. And God, I know that I've fought and won battles to keep on going. Amen. Sometimes. The Bible has... Uh, I don't have the verse in my my notes, but there's a there's an idea of someone that says they 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 swear or they make an oath to their own hurt. Meaning a child of God sometimes does what's right. Even though things will go wrong for them, even though doing right might mean you're embarrassed, doing right might mean people are going to going to talk with me, doing right might mean you lose out on something maybe in this world but you know you're 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 right with God. Right. Amen. Amen. Sometimes being honest, sometimes being being real sometimes doesn't doesn't get you friends. But you do it anyway because you're a child of God. People are going to look at you and 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 they're going to persecute you. The Bible says rejoice and leap for joy. When the way gets tough. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. How can we how can we look at these men and women that live before us and stood that stood all this and, and say we believe what they believed and not stand like they stood? Acts thirteen is really just kind of a quote of back in I believe first Samuel, Stephen or or not Stephen rather, but they're talking about David in Acts 13. 
And it says in verse 22, when he had removed him. What? When God removed him. Who? When God removed Saul. Saul did. Didn't commit adultery. Saul didn't murder a man to cover up his adultery. Saul did quite a bit of what God told him to do. But his motives were so messed up. The Bible says he removed him and raised up David to be their king. To whom he also gave testimony. Hear me now. Said, I found David, the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. God's looking at, you know, I know a lot of people, this verse kind of gets you a little uptight. Bible says God looks at the heart of a man. Why would you get uptight at that? Because a lot of folks act like, well, that just means, you know, I can, I can do anything. I can look any way and I can live any way. God knows my heart. Well, y'all tremble when you say that. Because number one, your heart's showing by your actions. You can't say, you don't know my heart. Your heart shows by the decisions you make. What you put your time and value in shows if your heart's pure. And in love with God more than anything else. God sees it. Look what it says. He found David a man after mine own heart. Which shall. God said he will fulfill all that. All of my will. That's really a big part of what it means to be a man after God's own heart. He's going to do all my all my will. Not a little of his will. And a lot of my will. Not half his will. And all my. He cares about my heart his heart is pure because he's given his heart to me and he cares about my heart i think a pure heart means you're sensitive to god's heart bible says in these last days men will be lovers of their own selves we know what we like we know how we like it we know every little detail of what we're so spoiled and 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 but what but what about God? What's God? What God really want? That's what's how does God really want His way? And 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 let me say it again: when it gets tough, when the challenges come, when things get turned upside down, and people losing their minds, you look around lately. What about you? What about me? What will I do? Amen. In that day. I know a lot of people, they, they have this idea, well, before it gets too bad, we're going to get out of here. We're going to get taken up in the first phase of the second coming. And then we'll be back for those other ones who didn't get it the first time. We'll go back and, and get them, you know, those, those left-behinders. And then we'll, we'll come back and they'll get caught up for the second phase of the second coming. He's only coming once. Read your Bible. And the Bible says after the days of that tribulation. What tribulation? Great tribulation such as has never even been seen on the earth is what he said. Read it in Matthew 24. Bible tells us that, that and we're seeing those, those birth pangs. We're seeing the, 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 the very signs that he talked about. And where is the, the dedication and the faithfulness of the church? When things get tough, I'm going to tell you, it's God working to get us ready. Yes. Time to get tough. Time to get serious. Time to look at ourselves and not, not lean on somebody else. But am I, is my heart pure? You look at David's heart. Well, let me say this. You look at David's life. David's life was one crazy hardship after another. Running for his life in the wilderness, in caves, and being lied about, being attacked. And, and, and then 
then he becomes king and just immediately civil war and 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 betrayal and and over and over and over again before he failed and sinned and God said the sword will never depart from your household but he but he loved God and he served God and his heart was even when he did wrong he said it was just God I'm sorry God, I'm sorry. I, I sinned. And uh, no excuses given. You've heard me say it a million times. No excuses given. Just, God, I, I knew better. I did wrong. I have no excuse. Man after God's own heart. A pure heart. A pure heart that we look at ourselves and say, God, where are my affections? Where is my, where is my dedication? What, the time that I spend and the, this isn't about the preacher seeing you. This isn't about the preacher making you feel uncomfortable. It's about decisions you have to make to stand before God. I pray for you. I love you and I pray for you. I want to see you in heaven. I will give an account. I'll give an account for myself. But I do give an, I do give an account. I pray for you. When I pray for you, I pray. Here's, here's where they're struggling. Here's where, where they need to bring this up. Here's where they need God. Get it ready. Get it right before it's too late. That's a burden to carry. But this is reality. Jesus is coming. Look what it says. We talk about David and his heart. Turn to Psalm 51. That, that beautiful Psalm that he, he wrote. That beautiful Psalm that he wrote about his sin. But Psalm 51 verse 6. He says behold. Thou desirest truth. In the inward parts. And in the hidden part. Down in your heart. Thou shalt make me know wisdom. Something my wife and I talk about. A couple few times here recently. That it's one thing to be able to repeat back the truth. Oh, this is what we believe, and this is what we we uh, we we how we dress, and this is the how we behave ourselves. And this, it's one thing to say it; it's another thing to have it down in your heart, where it's just who you are. Yeah. Amen. Yes, sir. Doesn't matter what weather it is. Doesn't matter where you are. This is down in me. Doesn't matter if everybody else in the room doesn't believe it quite. This is who I am. Doesn't matter if it's easy today or if the pressure's on. Doesn't matter what kind of mood I'm in. This is who I am. I've got a pure heart. It doesn't change with the direction of the wind. The, the, when it's just in your heart and it's who you are and it's... I see, and this is part of Part of my prayers, I've seen people, and uh, I, I've seen a lot of things happen in a lot of churches, and in ours as well. And you see people just seeming like they're they're just unbelievable Christians, and then something happens, something upsets them, and, and they're not only just done, but everything they ever believed is gone. They look different, they dress different, they. If they go to a church for a little bit, they, it doesn't matter what they believe. You know what I'm talking about. And, and I, I believe sometimes people who have it and they know it and, you know, the devil just starts pulling them out and dealing with them and, and you can stumble and you can fall. And, but, uh, but, man, when you just go and, and everything is, you didn't know it. You didn't have it down in the inward parts. Amen. You didn't. There's there's nothing in me that that desires to let go of what I believe. I remember many many years ago, way before I was a pastor, but I was living for God, and I was struggling and I was fighting battles, and I was in a place where. Probably some of you have been already. God, I don't know if you even have any more time for me. I don't feel you. I don't know if you still. Uh, I, and I remember I could take you to the spot. I was in my car. And I could take you where I had a prayer. And I said, God, I, 
This is what I love to do. I'll do it. I'll do all I can. I, I can't change. This is who I am, empty and dead, but I, I, I still believe what I've always believed. All right. I don't want anything this world has. I'm not looking for an excuse. And if I can't feel you and I feel like maybe you're done with me, God, I still believe it. I still live this. Well, he wasn't done with me, if you're wondering. (laughs) But, but I, I know that if we're going to make it to heaven, it's not going to be we're doing it because the church says it or we're doing it because so I, I felt like our team did it. It's going to be because through thick and thin you believe God. Through thick and thin you have it in, you have truth in the inward parts. Truth, wisdom in the hidden part. That you get that sin is sinful, sin is destructive, it's death, it's filth. Amen. And that your heart is pure. You love God. You love his ways. You want to know him more. You love who he is. You want to understand how this happens and, and anything. It doesn't matter. I, I don't care. I just, if I have to be like a little child, God, help me pray better. Help me read the word better. Help me enter in better. Help me to live this because I want to hear, well done. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. Look what it says, in, or drop down a little bit before we turn from that, in verse 10. David knew. David was in a spot where he said, I don't feel you anymore. I lost the joy of my salvation. Right? Psalm 51:10. create in me a clean heart. Have you ever been there? Have you ever just, this is the amazing part about living for God. That sometimes I say, God, I know what the Bible says. I know what I should be, but I don't have that. Create that in me. Create that in me. Put within me, God, what's lacking. I can't do it, God, but you can. I don't know that, that I, can, I, I can put it together, but you can create it in me. Create in me a clean heart. Oh, God. And renew right spirit within me. I got to tell you, we, we quoted it earlier. People look at the outside of you. Jesus said, make the inside clean. The outside will be clean, right? But when you start looking at your heart, when you start examining your heart, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. You're going to keep on digging in deeper. You're going to keep on digging down, letting the word of God get down to to the motives of it. God, why is this so tough for me? And God will start saying, well, here's something down in here that needs to come out. I thought I was done with that. I'm saved. That's why you're saved, because you're letting God dig down deeper. It's a process. Right? That you're allowing God to, to, to look at your motives. You're allowing God to look at, at, at things down in you that, oh, well, this is, you know, you say, well, this is kind of tougher for me than it might be for other people. Let God help you find out why. Maybe there's something in there that needs healed. Maybe there's something there that God's saying, you know, you could, you could learn. Well, praise God. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit in me. Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles 16. Portion of this was quoted in a service here recently. And it is, to me, just an amazing verse to see the heart of God. God's got a, a prophet, a seer. Somebody who's seeing more than just what's on the surface. Somebody who's been praying and seeing what, how it all fits together and how it's all 
falling apart in Asa's case. Asa was a great king. He was a man that brought a lot of reform and revival to the kingdom. But he started messing up. And I know a lot of people who don't really get it down in their heart, like we're talking about a pure heart. They only see, well, I messed up, so how do I make it right? You know, David, the only reason that God gave that David had an extended period of, of chastisement and judgment was not because what David did to himself, but how David in his folly, his foolishness, caused the enemy to blaspheme the kingdom of God. And God said, more than you just messing up, you hurt you, but now you hurt my reputation. And this is more than just about you getting yourself into heaven. This is about my kingdom. And there's people out there saying, I can't save, keep my, my own people safe while you, cause you're letting them die on the battlefield to cover up your sin. And because of that, the sword won't remove. You don't understand what's important to God. You don't understand how I'm feeling about this. And this is kind of what was going on with Asa. Second Chronicles 16, 9 says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. God is searching for something. God's looking for something. There's a couple places in the Bible God talks about how, what he's looking for. That ought to matter to us. This is so neat. His eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them. He wants people that he can show himself strong through god wants to show off if you will he wants to glorify his name through somebody and show himself strong in the behalf of them see god gets glorified we get the benefit when god shows how strong he is through you you get the victory Well, God, sign me up. I want that. I want your blessing in my life. I want you to show people how strong you are through me, especially if you're doing it on my behalf, whose heart is perfect toward him. And he goes on and tells him how foolish he was and said, you're going to have wars from henceforth on. But uh, God's looking for somebody who's got a heart that gets it. Somebody whose heart is is in this for the right motives. Amen. Not just fire escape. Not just a bare minimum kind of idea of just going through the motions so so I stay kind of in God's good graces, but not... I don't want to get too crazy now. Love God with a pure heart. Love God more than you love yourself. Love God more than you love things. He'll bless you. We're blessed. But love God. Serve God. Say, does it take all that? It's what it's about. It's not about giving God part of your heart. And what we have to do is look at our hearts and say, God, is this a pure love that I have for you? The Bible calls it a love unfeigned. A love that is, is sincere. It's not a love that is, as long as you're doing for me. As long as you're pleasing me, as long as I'm happy, then God, I'll try to give you what you... No, that's not what it's about. Job worshipped God and said, The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Told his wife to hold her peace. You talk so foolish. We get received so much good from God and... Are we going to just give up when we receive wrong or evil? Yeah. Right. He didn't understand what he was going through. He didn't understand any bit of it. But at the beginning of it, he said, you know what? I'm going to just keep on loving God. Yeah. Daniel, what are you going to do? It's illegal to pray. I'm going to pray. Yeah. What are you going to do 
They're going to kill you if you pray. I'll pray. I'll open the window and pray. I want them to know I'm praying. It's how I did it before. I'm not going to change it now. It's things like this that can challenge me. Things like this where I can look at this and say, okay, God. I, I, I love you the best way I know how to. But I'm willing to learn how to do it better. I'll serve you for the best motives I know how to, but I'm willing to search my heart and do it better. I, I, I don't want anything or anybody to, to, to hinder this. I want it, I, I want my, my motives to be so, so just your motives, your heart, your will. But I'm willing, I'm willing to look a little closer and make sure it is your will. Can we bow our heads in prayer, please? Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. Where they shall see God. I. I had an opportunity this week. We talked about it a little bit. Brother Mike was talking a little bit about it as well. We went to a meeting last week and. It was a really serious meeting. There was a crowd of probably probably 30 to 50 people, probably closer to 50 people, community leaders and people just trying to trying to help a situation and it was addressing gun violence and and uh, amongst the juveniles, they had about eight young men there. And every one of those there were district attorneys Attorneys on a federal level. There were police chief. I believe the mayor was there. There was a lot of love and a lot of support for these young men. But I'll tell you, every one of those people got up and said, Listen, this isn't a game. This is over. If you keep going the way you're going, you're no, we're not we're not mincing words. We're we're not playing games here. You're, we're gonna put you away, we're gonna put your friends away. When they were done, it was a mother that came up with it with an urn with the ashes of her son that was shot down on a on a basketball uh, court in, in a park in town. And, and I'm telling you it was it was harsh words, but it was words to save, not words to condemn. It was words to say, come on, this isn't a game. we got to get right. And everybody in there said, that was amazing. That was awesome how they did that. That was so good. There were, there were tears shed for the, the passion that was in that room. But so often we don't understand how serious our souls are in this, this fight we're in. We think sometimes the, the church and the preacher ought to be just all about personality and all about just but listen, listen God God wants to save you God wants to make sure every one of us, I know we got say, Pastor, are we doing good? Thank God for how we're doing I'm not taking away anything at all that I've preached to you or said to you but I feel this working in me Lord, look at me a little bit closer look at me, I want to have a pure heart Because if there's something in you, an impurity, something in you that God's trying to wake you up and show you, God's trying to get a hold of your your heart and your mind, and, and you're saying, no, it's not me in you. God's, God's working in this last day to get us ready, to get us out of here. Before He's going to get us out of here, He's going to... He's going to help us glorify His name to have the right motives, the right way. Oh, yes. Jesus' name. To have the, the heart, the man after God's own heart. I want to be a man after God's own heart. We need this. Lord, to do it for Your will, to do it for Your glory, to do it when it's easy, to do it when it's easy. tonight because 
shine your light. You've called us to walk with you. Help us, I pray. Search our hearts, God. Purify. Purify our lives. Let's all stand again. Thank you so much for helping me preach this tonight, for backing it up in prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing in us. Lord, you're doing this end-time work. We see it, God. We thank you for it. Help us, Lord, I pray, to just be sensitive to your spirit throughout the week. God, that you would just work not only in us, but through our lives. We love you so much. Thank you again for all you're doing. Lord, now go with us. Keep us safe as we travel, Lord. Keep us protected and in good health, Lord. And we'll give you every bit of the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.